100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge-to-edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no-fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by the two most requested guests that I've ever had on the podcast. So I have my dad, Joe Martonic, and good buddy of mine and amazing hunter Johnny Stewart. So we are just getting ready for the season to kick off here in Pennsylvania and I know a lot of other states as well and are discussing hunting from a saddle as my dad uh, got into it a few years ago and Johnny's just getting into it. Outlooks for the season, the full moon, weather fronts, accessing stand sites, thermal tsunamis, targeting a specific buck, and much more. On this week's Mountain Buck Monday story of a week, we have a story coming out of Pennsylvania from Ben Ayer's father. So, But Ben submitted the story and he wrote in, my father hasn't filled a buck tag in many years. Last year, I wasn't able to be out much, but I knew of a rough area on the mountain that deer will naturally go to or go to when pushed. I hung a ladder stand for my dad on public land between two rough areas on an escape route, and my plan was to still hunt my way to him even if it took the whole day. When I got closer to him, I could tell there were deer between us, and they went out the back door of the rough area on the steep side of the mountain, just as I anticipated and went right below him. He filled his tag and I couldn't have been more excited for him. Great first day of rifle season in 2022 camaraderie and teamwork. Well, congratulations to Ben and his father, because that is definitely teamwork there. And there's nothing better than father, son hunting trip. You guys can head over to East Meets West Hunt on Instagram or East Meets West Outdoors on Facebook and check out the beautiful buck with Ben's father there. Uh, Thank you so much for sending that in, Ben. And if you have a story that you want to send in, would love to be able to share it on the podcast. Just send me an email, bowdeastmeetswesthunt.com with a short paragraph or two and then uh, a few pictures and love to be able to share it. As uh, the time this goes out, I am... I should be just getting back from Alaska uh, on this day. I should be traveling back when this this episode drops here. Um, so I'll have more on that as as an update once uh, once I get back here. And then uh, other than that, uh, we have still going on the Sika and East Meets West hat promotion. So basically, giving away some subalpine and elevated two. Sika camo pattern hats with the new East meets West logo on it and I have a limited number of them, but you can get them for free over on the website. There's rules on how to be able to get those. So just head over to East meets West hunt.com slash shop and you can go over and uh, be able to get one yourself. So uh, really excited for that. Those things turned out amazing. North Fork makers out of Pennsylvania. They did the leather patch on it as one of the best leather patches that I've seen on a hat. So, uh, yeah, thanks for everyone to everyone, excuse me, for listening and supporting the podcast. If you would, if this helped you at all, please share it with a friend or two. It's all I ask and, uh, be able to spread the word and, uh, keep this thing rolling. So thanks and everyone, I hope you have a great rest of your week. So I'm joined by Johnny Stewart and my dad, Joe Martonic. And uh, we're sitting here on my back porch on a nice hot summer day. And I figured, you know, while we're all here together, we could get together and do a podcast and have a couple of beers. You guys got that? Which ones you got there? 
flatbed pale l yep flatbed the flatbed big trucks there so pretty good yeah no those those ones um those ones are pretty good now that they're carrying them and quite a bit across pennsylvania now i don't know if you noticed that john remember you were asking about yeah, down pittsburgh we got them yeah they have them all around this area too do they yep nice yep some of the local bars and restaurants even have it on tap now Oh boy, I yep. didn't know that. I'm not going to name the names of the restaurants on here, but yeah. why is that? Because then people know where they're at, where you're at, or where yeah, they're at, where they're at, and where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's like he thinks that's nuts, but uh, anyway, so we were we were um, just sitting here, and Johnny came over to go over some stuff. He's going to hunt out of the saddle this year, which Dad, you just started hunting out in 2021 now. 2021, yep. Yeah, so you've been been. A couple of years in now. Yep. What's been your experience so far? Uh, it's good. I mean, I, I use it a lot more last year than I did the first year, uh, just because of um, knowing its its capabilities, I guess, more than anything else. Um, but uh, no, I enjoy hunting out of it, and uh, I know I'm putting a lot less uh, lock ons or hang ons out this year. Yeah. You know, and because uh, not needed, just just marking trees and um, know where I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Johnny, you'd never hunted out of a saddle, but you've been hunting, you know, I guess mobily with, you know, a tree stand and stuff forever. And what what have you been using up until this point? So I've been using a lot in the east side of the country, West Virginia, PA, Ohio, is just a old, uh, older lone wolf hand climber to where um, your, your seat is maybe 16, I'm saying by about 10. And use that as your top part, your climber, and your your bottom part. Kind of packs really compact. Um, get to a tree right up. Um, straight trees are great. Um, I like getting to the tree and getting up, not fussing with um, putting your pl- putting your you know your lock on down, getting your all your gear going up, setting the lock on up and down a tree. Um, now hunting in the Midwest or where the trees aren't as straight. That's what I've did the last few years, and one thing I told Jason is like I want to be able to get to a tree. I don't know why, you know, hike up in these mountains. I want to get there, and I want to be up in my tree. I don't like fussing at the bottom of a tree. You already spent an hour hiking in this and that. Get, you, you know what I mean? I feel like that time is important to get up and get set because stuff can happen fast, and the extra hiking up setting uh your sticks down to get the stand up and stuff like that to me was just like extra energy that already didn't need well that already that the extra energy that i'm using and you're sweating and stuff like that so you know the the design that you sold i said bo what do you got here so um how the sticks hang on your waist you know, with them two little magnets, and I'm definitely going to use the, the the sticks that pack on, like, your lumbar to 20-inch sticks to where I got up in that stand today, uh, and we had uh, the bigger platform that's coming out here yeah. in the fall. Yep. And, oh, and another thing with my hand climber, I would always uh, stand on the cli- the stand below, but always stand up on the, pla- the hand climbing piece, the 16 by 10, and get tight to the tree and almost look behind a tree as where my shot was going to be a lot of times i'm not that high and it's open woods so i like the tree as some cover and i feel like what jason has here is kind of identical to how i've been hunting and he even uses would would use a a lock on with 
his uh his saddle so it's like you know this is kind of easy for me to transition into so you got this bigger platform that jason has you guys have timber ninja and i'm looking behind the tree as i usually set up um and i could stand up on that platform which i usually do in my hand climber and just adjust the uh the saddle and just sit back to take a load off um but um i was smiling the whole time you know i was like this is this is going to be a game changer. You know, I'm getting a little older. The hills yep. are getting steeper for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you're still a young man. <laughs> well, yeah. So you, so what he's talking about the stuff that you're using is the Timber Ninja's Ultimate Saddle, and and then the Ledge Platform, which is like I believe it's 14 by 14, is Perfect. as far as the size of it. Yeah. That's what you got up there and you started smiling right away. You're like, man, this feels like you know when I'm standing on the seat, I'm able to move around, be able to get the shots. And be able to do it, and what you were interested in, because I was been trying to sell you on a saddle for a while. To, mm-hmm. When I say sell you, like try to get you to use one, because I see the benefits of it. And it wasn't until you got this one in your hands, and you're like, oh, I can put my sticks on the back with the, the mud flap stick carrier there. I have the magnetic clips. I can go in. I can go up and never have to come down mm-hmm. to the bottom One of the time. tree. And you're talking about being efficient. It's nice to be able to to get up in there and, and be able to do it. So I think, you know, you're, you're like, uh, you, you just got a new bow. You just picked up a new prime, so you're going to be shooting. And You're in trouble this year, Bo. I mean. <laughs> Did you get all the same arrow? Oh, not yet. Not yet. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> He's working but, on the arrows. But I, what I found too, John, was and, and Bo is, um, I I wasn't going as high now. You know, and then I, I I might pack two, maybe three sticks if I'm going to be, you know, if I know I'm mobile and just hunting fresh sign, and because uh, you don't need to get up that high. Yeah. You know, I'm finding myself only going two sticks, maybe three at most, and because uh, you have that cover for that tree, and it's it's yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's, yeah, because you're behind the tree, so yep. you have that. And then you can also get in trees that have a bunch of branches or whatever and just yep. tuck in it, no matter how high, you know. It's funny because when I was first telling you, that about, like, the different types of trees you can get in and small ones. You, I think you hunted out of smaller trees than I ever have. Like, <laughs> you showed me some of the setups, and you're getting in these pole trees yeah, that are, are small and only one or two sticks high and just kind of tucking in. And some of those yep. older clear cuts that are tough to get, you know, stands in typically, you can get right in there and tuck into some of those spots and just get up high enough where you're out of out of sight a little bit. Yeah, I was in a, an ironwood tree last year that was only probably – five inches in diameter at the yeah. bottom, but I was only, a, a, well, it was two sticks, but stick and a half up. I didn't really need the second stick, but just a, a little more stability. But, uh, yeah, it was, but it was perfect. I had doe feeding around me, and, um, you know, different times. I never, never had a clue I was there. And I was only, you know, six feet off the ground from my platform, five feet off the ground. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. And, and that, that ultimate that, like, it was, it was warm today, but, I had we had it on. I had it on for an hour, and it wasn't like, you know, I didn't. It wasn't bad, like like yeah. heat, sweat, like how people said. Maybe it might be too warm early on, but it like, no, that thing's yeah, because it has the padding on it, so it gives it gives a look of it like it would be hot mm-hmm. on on your backside. But that the foam and stuff that's in there and the material is breathable to a point. You know, it's it still has some some insulation value there too, but. It's it's not terrible to be able to walk in with and be able to have it even when it's hot. And the thing is, it's it's across the back of your butt and your hip as you're going in. It's not like in your high heat areas, like in your crotch or your armpit or anything that's going to like really be yeah. you know putting off a lot of heat. 
Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, so that's um, so that's that's good. I I um, I've I've only shot out of my saddle this summer once so far. So we're recording this in the beginning of August. Just by the way, it'll come out here in September. But um, that's that's my plan. Is like all summer I've been shooting long ranges, like getting dialed, get my bow set up. Now it's like I've learned over the years. It's like leading up to hunting season. Now practice the real hunting shots. You know, you know, even just going out in the yard and. Well, I'll, I'll play a game where I just throw arrows in different parts of the yard and don't range it and try to guess. And then just, you know, keep your pin in the same place, not adjusting it, not sliding it, just like trying to practice those real situations or get up in the tree, shoot a couple. I put my 3D target, which is destroyed right now, but if it wasn't, I'd have it, you know, put it at, you know, some quartering two angles, quartering away, shooting off the weak side of the saddle and practice these different things because that seemed to be like I, I I'll get opportunities every year and sometimes they're just different shot angles and it's just practicing those versus just shooting long range that I've been doing all summer. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of kind of just plan there. being up in in the on that platform. I, I didn't see no uh, no issues like as far as getting shooting out of it. Like it, I feel like I'm going to catch on to that roof. It's nothing. Yeah, you have yeah. the thing. It comes up here. You definitely got to like, spend some time in it with your bow in hand. Yeah, but doing I, shots because it didn't feel foreign. It wasn't like oh, yeah. I don't like this. I felt pretty much at home, just like you said. A matter of shooting and moving around, putting your knee on a tree, and yeah, you're gonna have a lot more opportunity as far as uh, yeah. around a tree. You're shot, right. You know, shots. You're not because you can swing around and. But I enjoyed standing up on that platform, and you can turn 360. Really. Yeah, and you, I mean, you can use it just like a tree stand yeah. if you want to and stand on it. And I feel like that. I always get tight to the tree and stand a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have the saddle to sit back. So I'm, I'm kind of at home with that as far as how I hunted with that hand climb because I was always standing up tight to the tree, watching. My ears ain't real good. I feel like I'm always watching, you know, then take a load off, sit down for a little mm-hmm. bit, so... Yeah, and you can even do that with a hang-on with a saddle, and that's one of the biggest things Jason at Timber Ninja always says is, like, he's not trying to, you know, with having a, a company that's selling saddle hunting equipment, that doesn't mean that anti-tree stand. Tree stands can be great, but you can use it as a fall restraint device, too. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, hang out, of be, be in a hang-on and sit down and do it like normal, but you still get the opportunity to shoot around the backside of the tree if you want and use it as kind of a hybrid approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's a nice add-on or, I guess, feature with it there. But how about, yeah, both of you guys got set up with new bows this year. Yeah. You, oh, I, man. You got my bow from last year, the Prime inline and everything, and, mm-hmm. and you got a dialed sight on there and everything, so you've been messing around with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah I shoot every morning before work. And uh, no, I'm liking it. Definitely uh, uh, getting getting the reps in. And uh, like you, I, I'm going to break out the uh, 3D target here pretty soon and start doing real life situations and move around the yard, different angles. Shit's getting real. He said, "Yeah, it's coming quick. It's yeah, coming quick. Yeah, yeah." And and it's, and it's funny that Johnny got a prime. He bought a prime here recently because the. So you've been a Hoyt guy for your whole for like your yep. whole life, right? And, oh yeah, pretty much. And it was funny because so Mitch from Prime, he'll probably listen to this, but Mitch um and I uh, and myself, we were trying to talk you into trying one and you're like, No, nah, I'm good with yeah, what I'm I good. got. No, that's all right. And uh at Total Archery Challenge you went and you shot it and you still you still were like, I wanna shoot them all and you went to the archery shop and yeah. you know, talk a little bit about that. So yeah, um 
Bo said, check out the prime. Mitch is over there. I'm like, went and shot one there, and you had to TAC and shot the Hoyt, but not like side by side. It was like I was over here, and 10 minutes later, I'm like, been a Hoyt man for a long time. And, and Bo's like, yeah, you know, I've been shooting this prime. And it seems like I'm using stuff that Bo uses, but it's not because Bo's using it, because it's good stuff. <laughs> Bo knows. Like, yeah. But he does know, I guess. But I'm using my own, pulling my own, like, put my own judgment on it just because, like, but, yeah, I, I went to a bow shop and set the Hoyt, the new Hoyt up, and I pretty much went there to buy a Hoyt. I said, well, set that prime up, and side by side, you know, the hand grip being in the middle really balances the bow, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's not so much a, like a, like a refl- reflex in your riser, you know what I mean? It, it's, like, compared to the Hoyt, and a little bit smoother, and I shot a ton of arrows out of the Hoyt, and, yeah, and then the prime. And side by side, the prime, like, wow, I, I never thought I'd, I'd do it. But, um, yeah, so uh, I'm probably a month in. Uh, and another thing I had, well, my bow was 13 years old, my Hoyt. And I thought I had the cats me out. Well, I was like, I have me a good bow. It ain't getting any better than this. Yeah. You know, they <laughs> broke the mold after they made this bow. Then I go shoot these new ones. I'm like, oh, shit, there's no comparison. <laughs> well, I was living in a dark age. You know, like, <laughs> Uh, but, um, I've been working on my target panic as a thing that I've had for years and the less I would shoot the better. So I actually started here with this new bow and, and really just, uh, blind bell shooting, really fall, fall, uh, practicing on my, um, my trigger, um, getting knuckle deep, second knuckle deep and really squeezing and letting that shot be a surprise, you know? So... Yeah. So yeah, and uh, I sighted in a twenty-yard pin here before I come up here, and just um, happy with that. I'm going to keep focusing on my my uh, target panic, and here in the next few weeks, start getting out to thirty, forty, fifty. You know. Yeah, because you were saying that like you'd been shooting without you know worrying about a sight, anything, just getting through, kind of reteaching yourself how to shoot again, which is happens to us all and you know kind of going through it but back to the point where you're saying like using the gear that i'm using it's funny because you know anybody listening or watching you think you know me and johnny are friends that's why i use the same gear but johnny's a very tough one to get to switch from anything that he he uses and you know even with trying to get in the saddles it was a multiple year process and then had he had multiple different products with him and was like show me how to use this stuff and let me make my own judgment. And I respected that. You were like, let me go through and see and not just saying, oh, you know, just because what I say is going to work isn't. And you went through it and you're yeah, like, right, you're right. So That's what that, I did, you know? Yeah. So that was, that was uh pretty cool there, but yeah, just fine tuning gear and getting ready kind of for the, the season here. But the, the big, the big thing is, you know, last year was kind of a, a weird year as far as the, the hunting season, you know, we've, talked about it on here before but you know it was a hot rut and it was just like kind of a tough tough time period but what are you thinking about this year what's kind of like your predictions on it let's start with you dad as far as uh like, how, just how, how how do you feel like as far as like the food so far the weather this summer like what what do you feel like what you're seeing camera wise i mean not specifically but yeah and uh, um <laughs> food wise uh, i think the food sources are i mean it's it's going to be mainly browse in most of my areas uh the apples are few and far between um black cherry few and far between yeah, i haven't seen any cherry uh, i did see some beech nut um uh in one area but that's not consistent um 
I did. Uh, I ventured in some uh, an oak area here in the spring that I may um, end up hunting. Hunting, but uh, I haven't been back to see if any oaks are in that s- section. But uh, no, I, I you know pretty much my my hunting's either apple trees or browse uh, or beech nut or cherry, and um, uh, I, I didn't even see any ch- uh, choke cherries either because that's usually the early drop. But um, yeah, so I, it, I'm just going to be pretty much scrape hunting. And, uh, you know, early season, I'm going to go out, maybe try to take a doe and uh, get some meat in the freezer. But if a, if a nice buck comes by or if I get on to a good bedding uh, routine of a big buck, then I'll definitely pursue that and uh, try to get one early season. But um, camera-wise, um, you know, I've been putting cameras out, trying to get out a couple times a week, uh, putting more cameras out. Um, haven't checked a whole lot yet. Uh, did here last weekend, did get to a couple that been soaking since, uh, probably February, March and, uh, just up the batteries on them. Got some decent bucks on them, but nothing that's getting me like really pumped up, but, uh, uh, definitely something I would shoot though. Yeah. Oh, that's, and, and, um, I'll, I'll be interested to hear then what, what Johnny says about the food situation, but I'm going to go out tomorrow and check an area that I know has oaks, but it seems like just in places I've been driving and stuff, it seems like a really good acorn year, mm-hmm. um, just across the board. It seems like, and even in different parts of the state, this part of the state, everything seems to be, you know, just from, there was that rainstorm there a few weeks back that had blown off some limbs and some stuff and there was some acorns i've seen on the ground so hoping yeah. that that's uh, the case and that's probably going to shift some of my early season stuff although we'll be in south dakota for the first week right, right. but after that like i'm going to try to look at some of these areas that have acorns that i scouted and maybe try to focus on that in october and leave the other spots that i have that are kind of more rut spots until till a little bit later but yeah, I definitely have to get back and revisit that acorn grove that I found in uh, Oak Grove and and, and see what's, if there's anything there. Yeah. So you guys are going to be going the first week, leave me, drag my deer out by myself? Yeah, unfortunately, John. It's all right. Let's see how you are. <laughs> what, you, you, you were calling me the other day about you were you know down working and everything and said that there was acorns falling oh, on yeah. the trees like rain. Talk to Kenny Kane, believe it or not, I got a hold of KK. Yeah. Um, so we had a dry May, not just back near Pittsburgh, but up here, too, was oh, really yeah. dry. And Into June, middle of June. Back our way, friends of mine and even places I've been to, acorns are falling out of the tree um, prematurely. And, and Kenny said, yeah, pretty much they're aborting because of that dry spell in May. I don't know if that's happening everywhere, but acorns were coming down in in june into july so just be aware of that i mean um a lot of them might be off the tree i don't know if all of them you know talking to kenny just just can't handle um the whole crop the tree and just dropping acorns you know so something to be aware of you know when you're when you're out checking for acorns um but i uh i probably got a dozen cameras out um I'd like to get one early while you guys are out in South Dakota, you know. I hope you do. <laughs> Camp Cook. If I don't do any good, you know, I'll just, I know you guys got a lot of spots, so maybe I'll jump in there real quick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got the whole place to myself, basically. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
But uh, I've been, I told Joe just before we got on here, I got a, a cut that isn't on any maps. Um, even on Spartan Ford, just this cut must be three years old or some Willwell roads going through it, but it's the, it's the right age, maybe the three years or so. And, uh, even though the oil well roads are going through there, I feel like, um, a deer could be a good buck could be the browse there, the variety of foods there. They could be in there. Even when the trucks come by checking or someone drives up the road, they could just bed down and, and get by. So, um, yeah, I'm going to focus that first week on some cuts like that. Hopefully I'll get a crack at one. Then I got cameras soaking for where I want to be, um, right some areas um and last year uh compared to this year um one thing i learned is uh don't always go by historic i kind of got hell-bent last year on historical data to where i was hunting near a road and there was a cut and does and bucks were crossing and, and and i put a lot of time into there and for some reason it didn't happen you know and i was kind of hell-bent that this is that's going to happen th- this year and it i know they did a herbicide spray in there but those were still in there and i don't you know some they were cutting nearby but just have you ever wanted to have levi morgan andy may johnny stewart and others available at all times well you can with cyber scout from spartan forge cyber scout is like the chat gpt for outdoors men and women you can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. Cyber Scout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code East Meets West to save 20%. And if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S. And I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. You know, and I know better, but I kind of stuck in there. It's going to happen, even though I didn't have a... On that railroad bed, me and you were. Yeah. Uh, the year before, there was good deer there, and and I was kept sticking it out and um, having to have a few spots in mind because it's it's such a juggling act, you know. Should I can I keep it out? Last year, this was a spot, and there was another spot, a scrape um, down off that point where you and your dad pushed down, you know, um, for me in the winter that one time, and that was always hot, and last year it wasn't. Um, good so i don't know if it's because i put a little bit of sand in there and the wind was blowing up at point once or twice but uh man i was i was hell bent on because you get so many spots in mind that you want to hunt and then you're like 
you know, then one year goes and you're like, you're running around like a chicken with his head cut off. You're like, no, I need to focus on this spot. So I picked two spots and it wasn't happening. So mm-hmm. I was already, you know, keeping an open mind out there and, and, and have those other spots. And when, when it's, if you know, if it's time to hunt or a week or so before and nothing's happening, you know, get out and, and, and see what's going on elsewhere, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I learned that a lot last year too. And, and, uh, just about, you know, I, I, I still think historical data is, is super important, but you also got to look at the facts of what's being thrown in front of you too. It's like, okay, you know, like it, I've talked about it on here before, so I won't, uh, really, uh, grape on a little bit, but you know, this spot that I was in, yeah, the last two years, it was hot at these certain times of the years, but conditions were different. I was getting doe pictures all through October and I was getting, you know, it, it yeah. eventually started to heat up where last year it was just never, it wasn't, didn't even start, you know, to mm-hmm. get to the point where you could hit that climax part where it was really good and everything. It just never was there. And I was kind of ignoring that a little bit until, you know, the day that I moved and ended up shooting my deer was just, it was just like, okay, looking at, you know, I, and I, I've also talked about this, but, you know, you two have kind of helped me with it. Whenever I have problems, I feel like I'm struggling. When I call you guys, you look at it from a non-emotional side of things. So you're not emotionally attached to it. So you can do it. So it's like, how can I do that? So I'm looking at the facts. It's like, okay, there's not any does in here right now. Well, that's what the bucks are looking for. You know, there's additional hunting pressure that's moved in. That's that's kind of a problem. Things are the browse is kind of browning up. Well, that's that's a little bit of a, a problem. There's not a lot of food here. Maybe that's why the does aren't here. And those are just things that I need to to think about and focus on. You know, during that during that time period. And so I just looked at it and it was like the cons outweighed the pros at that point, and it was time yeah. to move. And and I think that's that's really important to to note so like i think this year kind of going into it i'll almost go off a of data from a couple of years ago more than last year last year just felt like an outlier yeah. in general but i have a spot i have a, a buck that i mean he's he's so old that it's ridiculous Ooh. you know he's when you're going to south dakota <laughs> listen john so he <laughs> he's not moving i don't far. know if he made it yet i put a bunch of cameras oh out, no i haven't i haven't been in there yeah. but um he's probably gonna be 10 years old oh and if he is you know if he's doing some of the things he's done i think i could have a crack at him early season but it takes him off the wall thinking for it so i kind of Thought where one of the spots I think he lives at, I just, I circled cameras all around it and just some weird spots, not just on the scrapes that I normally get them on, but just some, you know, faint trails coming out, just rounders, you know, blow down with a little trail goes around it, you know, put some cameras there, just like trying to look, think outside the box a little bit for this deer. And I'd like to get in there, you know, when I get back from South Dakota, you know, early to mid October and, and see what, see what I can do. That's one of my plans, but I got to. I've all I've been doing this summer is just getting cameras out. And then like in August I'll go and I'll start checking some of them and start seeing where I want to focus on. Like my strategy this year has been spread a, you know, put a wide web of cameras out in the summer here and just try to locate a buck. Cause I really don't have besides that deer. I really don't have like a specific deer that I'm really focused on. So it's just like, try to figure out where there's you know maybe multiples or one or something in an area then i'll start fine tuning those those spots that's the other thing i'm doing is um from my my spring scouting and shed hunting i'm going through my notes you know through the throughout the summer here 
okay, where, you know, where, and then going through the Spartan Forge app, finding the scrapes that I marked and trying to get cameras to all these locations. Uh, maybe I found a nice shed that, uh, you know, see if that buck made it through the winter. Just because he shed his horn doesn't mean he, he made it. Um, or where, where is he coming from? Um, plus, there's been other some other bucks that I've had uh, that I filmed here uh, um, last rut that just showed up out of, that I never filmed before. And one was a really, really nice buck. And I couldn't find the sheds this, this spring. And uh, I've been throwing cameras in that area and, and reaching out, just trying to find where he's coming from. And so far, n no luck yet. But uh, yeah, hopefully he repeats it in that, that historical data, you know, maybe in that time frame that week. And I remember, I remember texting you there uh, the week before I shot my buck telling you or yeah, I remember, that yeah, it's... We, yep. You know, I'm I'm gonna be in this tree at this time because yeah. this is when this great this scrape really gets really gets hot, and uh, and he did show up, but it was a nighttime photo. Yeah. Um, but I did end up shooting my buck out of that stand this year. Yeah. It was just a little bit later, right? Yeah, it was a little bit later. Yeah, it was shifted. It was definitely shifted by yeah, almost a week, I think, the yeah. activity. Yeah, it was weird, and I mean, and and we've seen it uh this the spring you brought it up uh another guest i had on the podcast paul putera brought it up is that that you were seeing fawns born later yeah this and, year yeah like much later what was what was that one doe hanging on to that fawn when when was that fawn born oh i can't remember was it the end of june yeah it was around it was towards the end of june yeah so that's that's pretty late, you know. Obviously, and, and that was wasn't like a young doe, was it? No, didn't look like it. it Look like you know. Normally, you'd think, okay, maybe that's possible with some younger does or whatever. But the, from showing the pictures, when you showed she was pregnant, and then you got a picture because yeah. it was on a cell cam, so you got to see exactly when it was born, essentially. Yep. And uh, it was just it was really interesting to see that, and I even seen it just even around my house and stuff. Yeah, what do we figure that would have been uh, right, mid December, end, Brad? Of, yeah, yeah. Like mid end December. Yeah. 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 It was really, really interesting. And there was, there was quite a bit of that. And Paul was seeing that a lot at the beginning of June, some, some does or some fawns being born and everything in some of his areas and different, and different part of the state. So it's just, it's, it's pretty interesting to see how that was. Now I, you know, I don't, my personal opinion is the rut, the rut happens no matter what the weather is, rut's going to happen, you know, but there was definitely some sort of a shift. I think there were still those that were bred at the normal time and everything, but there was some that. Yeah, I'm, I'm me personally. My opinion is I'm relating it to the full moon. When, when we had that full moon arrow, was it the fifth of November or something like that? Or so, I think that dampens. I, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I think that shuts things down as far as the dough. The bucks are still going to move looking for the dough, but I think it does something and, and sets it back. Um, but that's just my opinion based off of some of the data I've had, uh, you know, prior years experiences. I, um, you know, yeah, looking... what have you noticed that? Like, cause I know you've, you've t had a lot of moon data yeah. over the years. Like what, what is, what have you seen that correlate to as far as like with the rut being full moon around that time? It, it seems to delay or takes the dough out of, um, uh, you know, cause it's, you know, they're, they come in the heat with, uh, the photosynthesis if I'm using the right term, but, um, and I think with that full moon light out, I think that changes it because now it's, it's you know it's, it's it's bright during the night. So I think that shuts it the down or lays yeah, it a little bit. It up. And uh, then it once the full moon's over, then they pick back up to their normal, um, you know, 
period, I guess, or however that, you know, happens. But, uh, yeah, to me, it seems like it delays it. That, just from huh. my experiences. So do you, do you put much weight on the moon, like as far as like with your hunting or anything throughout the years, or is it something you track mostly? No, I I, I still hunt during a full moon, but I have in the back of my mind, like I, I can remember, the, uh, I think it was 2000, I don't know if it was a five or 10 when, but I, <laughs> I, I told myself I got to kill a buck uh, uh, Halloween weekend. Because the full moon was going to be like the third or fourth, mm-hmm. and based off my workload and vacation and that, and, and I end up I end up getting it done thankfully. But after that, things it was a, it was a terrible rut that year for for bow hunter, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, and I think our season did end a, a week sooner than we've been carrying an extra week here in PA, uh, uh, or at least maybe half a week lately. Last couple of years, where before we were ending, you know, that second weekend, yeah. it was over. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so they, you know, just ran out of time and then Thanksgiving week, it was, it was on, I think rifle hunters had a, a field day with uh buck rutting activity that year as well. But yeah, it seems like it just delays it to me. Um, you know, is it, is there any scientific evidence that I can throw at it? No, it's just my observations over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you and you have some pretty extensive data just of your you know your own experiences mm-hmm. as far as with the moon and how it affects it and that's honestly something i've never really paid attention to do you do you pay attention to that at no, all john my buddy robbie he always talks about the moon early you know and he'll he'll hunt he's in in, Oct- in around early october he likes that underfoot or whatever they call them full moon that's the moon overhead something like under, that on their feet underfoot yeah so <laughs> me i don't I just listen to him. If he says it's good and I got some time and I got a place I want to hunt, I'm going to go hunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I guess, hunt, I hunt when I can, you know. I don't know. I think I look more on weather, cool, like early on or right. weather patterns to catch deer movement. But um, if someone else says it's good, I'm just, I don't know, I guess. So I'm curious with you, Johnny, when you talk about like the weather fronts and everything, do you, do you like pre-cold front, cold front, or post-cold front, or just weather front, I should say? Probably the pre. I've, I've seen more action, deer really stir, like a, like a, I don't know what the pressure is, if it's something to do with that, but like a heavy, cloudy day that's dead calm before the storm, you know, like, that's when I've seen bucks, they got to put the feedback on, something's coming, something's in the works, maybe five ten hours ahead of the storm i feel like seems like a, just a calm heavy cloudy day i feel like i know they sense something's you know and then i feel like i can weather a storm to some degree then on the backside, you know start moving but i think that's just nature for them to but there's also times i've seen during storms more so i think into rifle season when maybe the pressure's high and trees are cracking and winds blowing i've seen deer just so nervous just move all day i've seen it a few times like if i'm rifle hunting um i want a windy snowy cold day you know it also helps you get around but the deer are just nervous and can't sit still you know they can't really use their senses i think it also coincides with being pressure in the woods you know what I mean? Even in into January, if you're in an area where they, you know, there's potential predators, 
I've seen them group up and just hike, man, just move. I've seen most of my deer. I, I love those. I don't know if it's even, maybe it is, it, just their senses are dulled and, and they're just nervous and on, you know what I mean? I've seen that a lot. Yeah. You know, even with uh, tra- guys that track and gun hunting up in the, in the northeast, that it's guys I've talked to, it's just crazy, windy, trees cracking day is really awesome you know do you think it's do you think that's because you said they're nervous like as far as because of the weather or do you think it's that also you know people aren't in the woods at that time or what if just, you had to like their senses are they can't use their senses and they're just on edge i think they can't yeah. detect any predators and they're just always moving they just any little tree crack they're moving they're running they're jumping just can't sit still you know what i mean yeah but i've seen gun hunting and tracking deer that's the most deer i've ever seen on and then days like that you know hmm. what about i've you? never really bow hunted i don't know if i ever put because usually when it's windy and crazy you're not in a tree i like i like being in a i like to get in a tree right after at the tail end of a good storm yeah it seems like the the deer and, and usually when you have a good a, a good storm and you know in in i guess november or late october there's a cold front moving in and whether that's you know why they're on their feet or like you that they they're on their feet because of all the, the trees coming down the limbs coming down and they're moving but uh i've i've killed several bucks at, at the that morning you know the storm i'm in a tree when it's still happening at, at, before it gets light and you know the trees just kicking around and then things start settling down about eight nine o'clock you know i knew it was going to happen that way and sure enough here it comes oh yeah but uh, cool. uh, other times, I remember another situation. I was in a tree when it was in the evening, though, uh, well, probably around 4 o'clock, and a storm was coming through. And I thought, well, it didn't wasn't no lightning, but just high winds and that. And uh, uh, well, a tree ended up coming down pretty close to me, so I just I got down as quick as I could with the climber and started beating feet to get out of there because it was getting pretty nasty. And then it calmed down just as quick as it kicked up. And then I, I still hunted. And I, I end up killing a buck then wow. off the ground with a stand on my back, but it, yeah, I like the I like the tail ends of the storms. Yeah, I, I think that, that 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 you know, and and they're they're definitely moving. And like I said, it's usually a cold front moving in too, and that may be part of it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I've found like especially with the first snows and everything. Yeah, the the tail end of that is better than when it's actually snowing or coming down. That was just that's my opinion. Right, um, I, I from, agree with that. From too. my experiences, it's just like that that end but also i've seen the the pre part of it too that like johnny was talking about there at the beginning you know more so than directly in the middle of it but you know thinking back on it maybe i just wasn't in the right spots at that point too where that they would be moving or doing anything during the middle of that that storm i do remember this is just trail camera data but it was 2015 November 14th, this is this is a rut type time frame, but it was so windy that you couldn't be in a tree. I mean, that the trees were going just absolutely, or it might have been the 13th, but anyways, it was just so windy. And I was like, I was in a tree, but it was just like, I was like, you know, kind of holding on type of deal. And then eventually got down and just hunted off the ground. But checking my cameras, I had bucks moving during that, mm-hmm. just, you know, covering ground and, and honestly, I mean, there's probably not as many hunters in the woods at that time either because nobody wants to be in the mm-hmm. tree. No, it's probably not a good idea for us yeah. to be in there either. No, it's, no, it's <laughs> probably you're saying, but yeah. it's, but it's, but you know, Zach Fahrenbaugh said it on the podcast before, 
you know, he just looks at that as an opportunity to hunt from the ground. Mm-hmm. It's just like, right. that's, that's your, yeah. you know, looks at the conditions and just figures out when, yeah. when is the, the most opportune time, what, what's the most opportune tactic for the conditions that are being thrown at you there. Yeah. And, and that's a, a good clear cut hunt because one, it's going to be quiet, but two, you don't have the, the big trees that where the limbs can come down on you either. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I agree with that as well. And, and what about like rain, like early season? So thinking about, you know, and this comes out, you know, a few weeks after that seasons are opening up and starting to do that, you know, was it, I think it was 2000, what year was it dad that you killed that one opening day off the ground? Um, 15 or 17. No, it wasn't seven. That might've been seven. Yeah. One of those years. Yeah. But yeah, it was opening morning and, um, I found a hot scrape the uh the weekend before hmm. and it usually don't i mean you don't it, it was it was odd it was just it was all ripped up i threw a camera on it and um i figured that you know opening morning i'm going to go in there with my climber at a tree marked and everything i'll pull the camera card i'll climb the tree and you know see, see what i see while you get in there climb pull the camera card climb the tree and uh, there was zero activity from the time I hung the camera. <laughs> so, so it's like, okay, it had rained that night and uh, it was quiet. You know, it actually was, it was raining. No, I no, actually, no, you know what? I'm thinking back. I didn't get out until one or two that afternoon because it was pouring in the rain and you went out and got soaked. Yeah. And I remember you were texting me and, and saying, you out? And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to head out until afternoon. <laughs> but I did go down and pulled the camera card and, uh, Actually, I didn't even climb it. You know, I, I got I got about halfway up the tree, and I said, "I better read this card to see," because you could tell there was no activity. And I come back down, uh, hiked back to the truck, dumped the stand, and started just scouting through a clear cut and, and still hunting. And um, I was going to try to get a doe, and um, I heard some heavy hoofs run. And uh, it's like the wind's in my face. It's out in front of me. It just you know, I knew it was a heavy deer, so I. Um, Immediately reached for my grunt call, which I wasn't grunting at all yet. Mm-hmm. I just gave a couple soft grunts, just to, I don't know why. Just I guess it's more of a habit, but it, it, I didn't think it. You know, in yeah, hindsight, heard you maybe yeah, thinking he's a deer. yeah. But I'm thinking you know they probably aren't grunting right now, but I, I did it anyways, and um, I just stood there for a little while, and uh, probably five minutes go by, and I just started creeping up a little further and just going real slow and looking and looking and i broke out this little grassy trail in a clear cut and there he is standing staring straight at me at probably around 25 yards and i took the front of him hmm. heard him pile up i mean i could see the frame he was uh i had some nice bucks on the outskirts of that clear cut on on scrapes and uh you know from the frame i knew he was a shooter i didn't know which one he was but it turned out to you know it was a real nice eight. Oh, cool but that was the earliest i ever shot one um and it was very unexpected yeah yeah no i i remember that as far as like an early season one and that, and that's that's i mean you know you were talking earlier about not having any food sources it's like sometimes you know early season you can kind of as you're out scouting you know you have the right weather conditions where it can be quiet and walk through those cuts like yep. that and be able to sneak up on one i think this year uh early season you know um one thing I'm telling myself is that, you know, the days are pretty long as far as like an all day sits pretty much not what everybody does. But I mean, just being in the woods, I feel like, 
you're looking at early October, th this is when the bulk of the feeding is happening. All the mast, everything is ripe, mm -hmm. no matter what it is. They know the season's coming. You know, you get into the middle of October, rut, scrape, going out at night, checking does, you know what I mean, or whatever it might be. But The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out at, or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at the mobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. I'm trying to say, okay, I have time off here early October. I'm going to, with the, with, you know, with the um, Timber Ninja saddle, the light setup, I'm going to try to stay in the woods a lot more through the day, you know, on the fringes where I think these deer, I still feel like there's a lot of bedding going on, maybe more nocturnal, but if you got some fair, decent weather, they're, they're still going to get up daytime and they're going to be in an area where there's browse and I'm going to try to put more time in the woods. Maybe I'll move four times through the first week of October, but just be out there because at any time I feel like the pressure's low. Mm -hmm. No one's really out there. Food is number one. Um, you can probably, you can capitalize on a deer just by having a lightweight set up, moving. I don't if you're in a tree for two hours, get mm -hmm. down, hike a little bit. There's a creek down there. There's a lot of, water weeds may well try that for a couple hours you know what i mean um so yeah i'm going to try to stay more instead of like the traditional i'm going to get out after work hunt the evening or you know like the midday or, there's a lot of times i'll get deer just being mobile not saying they're moving miles and then there's also another thing if you're catching them on a camera the some daylight well he's chances are he's still close i mean yeah up here it's different with browse but um, where he's hanging out, um, that time of year, is, you know, he's starting to slow down movement because there is a lot of, you know, this is a browse area. So, so there's kind of like a, you got to really differentiate what, you know, if you have some mast or something, but you can catch them feeding a lot more. And they're kind of like sensing that I need to slow down a little bit because I know in another two weeks I'm going to be zero to hero, you know, so. <laughs> I think I'm going to try to try to put, make more of my early season hunts, especially when I travel and and you got the whole day uh, and you know make the most out of that. Make the most day. have the lights at the you know the, the ultimate have the sticks and like Joe said go check scout a little bit pull a card check it. Well, I'm going to sit here for a few hours and then maybe work it to where You'll hunt a little bit during the day, then get in your spot. How we talk about anymore about thermals drifting and mm -hmm. deer moving that last little bit of light. You want to be maybe in a different area, you know, that last 20 minutes. So maybe work your way into that. You know, I know a lot of these areas I know in the past I would be pretty rugged. I'm like, I don't want to do an afternoon hunt because I'm going to go all up over the mountain, you know, spend an hour just for two hours of hunting legit. But I'm like, maybe I'll go in at noon. 
sit on a ridge, you know, thermals coming up, drop down a little bit, work. So I feel like, in my mind, uh, take advantage of the early season. And I know in the past I did a lot more rut hunting, but it was with work. But um, you have chances, oh, you yeah. know. I, I think I'm gonna. One of my strategy changes this year, and 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 a lot of it comes from listening to your podcast with your other guests, and that is uh, the betting. Um, you know, I never was a big bed hunter because, you know, it always to me it seemed like they never bed the same spot. Yeah. But I've been running cameras on some beds over the last couple of years, just taking it for informational purposes. And yeah, they don't bed there every night, but he might be there once a month. You know, and it's it's multiple bucks using these same beds. Same bed, it seems yeah. like at least the ones I've been monitoring. So, and I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna be aggressive, a little more aggressive, uh, and and try to get in near some of these beds. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I blow them out, no big deal. I think you know, by the time rut comes, or and they they probably don't even rut in that area. Some of these bucks they move, you know, mile mile and a half away, two miles away, uh, where they um, you know you pick them up on on scrapes. Uh, during the rut, but uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try some more being a little more aggressive and and try to get close to betting on some of these things. Yeah, no, I think I think that's it. And and you and you made a good point. And I've heard Greg Glitzinger say it. And I know you spent a lot of time yep. with Greg at yep. scouting camp. Is like yeah, I learned a lot from him. That yeah, it's just like what you might think you're screwing up in October. Well, it doesn't really matter once it comes November at that mm-hmm. point, because those deer are moving they're doing different things and everything. So you might as well be aggressive and try right. to, to hunt in October. And cause I, I find I'm, um, I'm not good hunting early in places that I know well, because I'm too cautious because you know, you know, you almost know too much sometimes mm-hmm. where you're just, you look at these places and you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure this deer's over here, living here. And, you know, yeah, like you said, he might only be there once a month. Yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. you, you kind of stay away from it or you walk the same yeah. path. You do these things and, you know, think about it like, I guess the way that I'm, I'm going to approach it, like especially in October, is think about it as I'm shed hunting with a little bit more of a cautious approach and thinking about the wind and stuff. But not always taking the same route into an right. area or doing things just trying to find these little yeah, holes access access is big mm-hmm. and 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 some of my prime scrapes that are very active during the rut um i don't know where these bucks are coming from mm-hmm. I, I can't pick yeah. them up in the summer a lot of them so i have no clue where they're betting so i'm not even going to attempt to hunt them until that what i think is a good week yep so i'm staying out of there completely i'm not going to do any human intrusion on my part and other guys in there they may very well be and that's like some of the like you're saying about that one you went off of historical data where these, you know, last year and, and where these, that buck was crossing and that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There might have been somebody else that yeah, you're right. was in there yep. and just that human scent may have changed Best his pattern. Yep. Um, but I see that because, you know, you, you know we, we're, we're, Bo and I, and I, I, I think you're the same way, but I, I'm constantly expanding my area, putting cameras as a, uh, you know, leave them soaked for a year, checking them once in a while, but as gathering information, not so necessarily going to hunt that area, but always keeping, trying to keep it fresh, yeah, you know, yeah. and a, a potential area or picking up a, a, a good buck or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll find it, get an area and I have all kinds of scrape activity all, you know, end of October daylight photos. So then I go and hunt it. And it seems like after my first sit, it just shuts down. And I think it's my presence. I mean, they knew I was there. I might not have seen nothing, but I think they, definitely scented me and uh knew i was there and 
you know, and you know, you you got to go back and analyze that and say, okay, what can I have done different? How could I have accessed that differently? Is it even huntable? There's scrapes yeah, that I right. have that I, I there's no them. good access, and it, it's you know, if it's a good buck, you got to take the chance and, mm-hmm. and 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 go with it. But there's some there's there's one scrape that I know I've learned through the years. I've hunted it, I don't know, probably three or four years, and um, you know, didn't a couple times a season and. I don't think I'm going to hunt it this year because I can't get in there without them knowing I'm in there. Mm-hmm. But so yeah. I'm going to try to find something on the outskirts of that area that maybe, you know, give me the advantage, give me the, 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 the non-intrusive access or, or yeah, I, I just got to, I, so that's another thing I'm, tra- I'm changing up, trying to just uh, going back through and analyzing, you know, these scrapes I'm hunting where uh, I have good, camera activity but i may not be seeing deer you know what what why what's what's going on well there's a, that other situation i was telling you about last year bow yeah um where same scenario nice bucks daylight activity but it was in a, in a shallow little uh uh gully i guess going up the, the hillside it was near it's probably three quarters way up but the wind swirled in there it didn't matter where yeah. it didn't matter where or when i went and what wind I sat on, I always I, I got blowed at. Mm-hmm. I got I did see a couple bucks. They weren't within shooting range. Uh, none would have been one I would have uh, uh, shot at anyways. But I was getting busted every time I sat there. So I'm not gonna. I, I still run a camera on it for informational purposes, but I'm not gonna hunt it this year. I, I just don't think I can get away. I got I got to find something on the outskirts of that that you know trails going in or maybe a, a scrape that I, I i don't know about uh but i, I gotta hunt it differently well yeah and, and and that reminds me too and i remember that situation with you but i remember uncle francie talking about that specifically where he was hunting this really big deer and he had seen him and he mm-hmm. blew at him and he saw the second biggest deer they had in there blew at him same thing it was like the spot to be at but there was no way of hunting it it was yep. again one of those little shallow yep. kind of ditches or valleys that are in there and and if you if anyone is listening um rusty johnson talked about it in episode 310 about like these ditches and stuff and hunting them and you can but it's you gotta it's it's so tough in these little valleys and these little and then they're they're so tough some of them don't even show up on maps you know mm-hmm. because they're such a shallow right. spot but it creates this like just just vacuum and you know swirling and um as i came up with a, a term that i'm going to start using it's called thermal tsunami it's just Ooh. Where, the, where the wind just does whatever it wants to that's right but you know <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Um, I, I was joking. We got about a thermal that. tsunami going on here. When I was out in Utah, That's true. I was doing a video for Sitka on on wind and thermals, and um, some of these guys, I said, I said, I might throw out a term you guys never heard of before, and they're like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "Bunch thermal, of rookies, thermal yeah. tsunami." And they looked at me, they're like, "What is that?" I was like, uh, something you, you know, scold them. I was like, uh, "That's something I made up." But, no, you can't tell me. <laughs> it's going guys. That's what we use back east. This turn you guys ain't ready for this. It's yeah. gonna make the next edition of Webster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but honestly, some of those spots are just unhuntable. But like you said, I think I think that's the the where you kind of look at it and you try to look at it 
from a wider view at that yeah. point and try to figure out what, how are they getting to this spot? Yeah. What, where yeah, else were they sense. going during that? It's kind of like a saddle. So like, you know, saddles are in a rut. We've talked about it during the, in the scouting camps a lot. It's like, okay, yeah, that might be a hunter magnet. Maybe the bucks don't want to go through there during the daylight, the mature deer, but where are they coming from to get to that point? Cause they might be skirting it a little bit or they might be and trying to look at, you know, the bigger picture on where they might be coming from and going there. But the the hard part about that is when you find one of those, like, let's just call it a hub as far as like where trails might be crossing and that little dip and where all the wind's swirling and they have the advantage. Obviously, if you're sitting there, you have multiple trails that come to that point where you start mm-hmm. going the outskirts, you might only be on one of those trails mm-hmm. or one, you know, you're, right. you know, you only might have a 10% chance of seeing the deer where if you would have had 60% if you were in that spot. But you actually have a chance of killing them. Yeah, at that point. right. It what Joe touched on is totally be aware. You, you know, when you're going in there, you're putting the human scent in. You know, you could be the reason why the deer aren't showing yeah. up. People, I think sometimes, you know, just don't believe that they're the. You know what I mean? I know years ago Jason was hunting my buddy. There's nobody in there. I'm going through there. I'm, I said, and I said, whoa. You're there every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which um, a situation really, like Joe said, ask yourself, did I F this up? Is this, you know, I'm not, you know, like being dropped in on a helicopter sent free. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to get in there. And I know there's times when I get to my stand, I'm like, get up in it. I'm like, oh, I made it. I didn't spook nothing. I feel like my entrance was good because I take that all into consideration. You know, I was like. You know, and it, it is tricky getting to these spots because mm-hmm. you could bump one. Maybe it's before daylight or daylight. You make a little bit too much noise. Your wind blows this way. And, you know, um, that's why I like going in sometimes in the morning at light so you can see what you bump. But there's so many times uh, that you get to your tree and you're like, weights lift off my shoulder because I made it. Because there's, mm-hmm. there's things that you know you could do that potentially ruin your spot. I know. For instance, last January or January before, I found a place. It was a public land, dead end to the north parking spot, and with a predominant southwest wind. Um, the deer were downwind on these two east-facing points, and they would come from there, use the wind, feed on acorns. Um, there was still some mast in January, but when I found the spot, and I, you couldn't access from the bottom of those points. It was private, so the only access was here and i went across wind on my back and i found some does feeding them acorns and then i looked i moved a little bit i looked on a ridge i seen a, a good shooter buck he saw me and i'm like all right well i sp-, like natural thinking i spooked mm-hmm. a couple deer but they're here so the next day oh i dropped the camera to oaks where the next day dead calm in the morning you know no wind and but only heavy leaf litter parked wind on my back and i go set up in them oaks oh there's actually an inch of snow i think on the ground and tracks all in them oaks but thinking that the deer are further downwind on them points i was like morning hunting playing a wind and whatever but here uh an evening the thermals dropped to the south down a hill and there was deer down there snorting at me i'm like what the hell's going on and here I started putting the pieces of a puzzle, and I grabbed my camera that I had the day before. The deer below me, even though they were should have been out on that point, there was the group of does that I spooked there. They said, when I'm going to get to these acorns tomorrow, I'm going to use the thermals and smell. Where, And then I looked, and there was a stand right there, and there was a little bit of saddle on a ridge. 
and it was like I ruined that spot before, like me mm-hmm. going in there that first time because yeah, it was January and they're they're they're, you know hunting pressure was low but as soon as i parked and went in and bumped they knew exactly where i parked they knew exactly where that stand was and so the does that i bumped there they end up using the thermals that evening i'm like there ain't no tracks down or what's why these blowing the thermals are going it's perfect and i checked that camera and that buck was there that morning and he was like right at the dead end parking spot there was an, uh, a thick patch of pines i had him at eight o'clock like looking at where i'm coming from and walking toward them pines i said He's laying in them thick pines, hearing me park, and I'm walking across here, and the does that I spooked the night before using the thermals, I ruined that spot mm. just like, like that. Yeah. It was done. It was like just me finding it. I think it, like, it went back to a November or hunting pressure, and everybody parked. It was a heavily hunting area. And it was, but that's what just be, be aware of exactly everything you're doing. Yep. You could ruin it without even knowing, but ask yourself these questions. And like I said, why is this doe down here? They weren't. They should be coming from here and that camera, just like what Joe said, man. You can literally ruin an area without knowing it, you know, so it's something to totally be aware of, yeah. you know, early. And that's season. kind of where, the, you know, people always say your first sit is your best, your best yeah, opportunity. Yeah. And I agree with that. But if you do have a good access, I don't have a problem sitting You're multiple right. days. Yeah. If I feel that my access is the best that it can be and I'm, I'm, you know, very low impact. Um, and I have a couple of them that, that yeah, I, have I, I one, will, I yeah. will hunt them multiple times and I do see deer, you know, you could stink, you can get in yep. access park. Yep. It's like, you know, I wish they were all, all my setups and there's were like very that. few that you find that yeah, <laughs> yeah. do happen that way. Yep. Yeah. And that, that, that is, that is so true. It's like, and, and I think that's probably where that term comes from as far as, you know, your first time in yep. and it's yep. a lot of yep. time. It's like, yeah. Cause if you don't have good access, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the, reality of hunting the big woods is like you're not you're not finding patterns like you're going to find in farm country you're not going to find those deer coming every day so going in and and i'm not saying every day but going in and being able to to do it so sometimes it does take multiple days so that's where yeah planning your access is a little bit more important Mm -hmm. in those situations so that you do have multiple opportunities to go in and and hunt those spots and and some of them like you said lay out really nice and you can get in there unscathed you know like where in 2021 where i killed my buck opening morning i think i could have done that route every single day and never spooked anything just the way that i had for my access and using that stream there's other spots that i know i'm risking it all for that one sit and that's just that's the the nature of the beast there and there's one thing hunting early season that really was a Last couple of years, I did more early season. Is is uh, the leaf litter that is non-existent when you're out early October end of September? You could really sneak around where it's a oak leaves are that thick, and you get into November, it's like wow, I can I can so use that to your advantage. You can get in tighter if you know where they're bedding, mm-hmm. and like I said, they're getting up to move around. You can maybe get a hundred yards from a deer. You know, talking about that bed Joe said and stuff like that, you can access a little easier. Yeah. No, that the yeah the leaf litter thing that's a, that's a good good point because early in the season yeah you don't have all of that laying down on the ground you get some of those places with those big oak ridges big hardwood oh, ridges it's brutal like when we were hunting in January in Ohio oh yeah oh my gosh it, the leaves were a foot and a half thick and it was dry and it was just like everything in the whole world heard you as you walked across there <laughs> and that's predominantly what you get in November but when I started hunting it was like wow that's the one thing that I have a hard time dealing with is getting into my spots 
mm-hmm. you know, and that's why a lot of times in areas like that, I'll, during the rut or, you know, October, November, I'll go in an hour and a half before light just to, you can, that's the only time you can get in. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a spook that time. In a- mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you're talking a little bit about kind of the, you know, your, your strategies there, but like, as far as the, the early season for you, Johnny, do you feel like, is there like one buck that's got your, you know, your heartstrings right now, like that you want to focus on, or are you kind of just, you know, kind of free balling a little bit and fi- yeah, you know, figuring, free ball. It out, figuring it out? I don't lot. have anything. There's one, well, you know, the, the big, big eight. eight. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the big, come on, John. I, I wasn't intentionally setting that up, but it kind of fell right. In I think he crossed the road before pulled in your driveway here. Did he? So I only live. Uh, my spot's only twenty minutes away, but he, oh, he yeah. gets around. <laughs> I think it was him. He's <laughs> everywhere. But uh, uh, where we hunted with Michael and, and got that his deer, I was just talking to Joe that I think that's where the big eight's at. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to focus on him, and there's a good ten in the area, and. I don't. I don't know. Just I'm just winging it. You know, if there's a hundred thirty class, you know, nothing. Big eight's always on the radar, but. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I get it, but it's, no, no uh, historical bucks besides that one here or any other areas I hunt. It's all just, you know, new data and good bucks that are there. I'm going to take. So. Yeah. That's kind of fun, though, at the same time, just, like, not having the expectation or, like, look, you know, you know, you're looking for that one deer, but at the same time, it's just, like, kind of fun to not. It's fun, but then it messes me up because I'm not so laser-focused. I'm not sure oh. which, you know, if I got a couple 130 to 40s, I kind of, like, there's not one that I want to hunt and focus all my energy, and so you got, like, a little bit of, you know, energy here, a little bit of energy there. It's not all one you know solid thing that you're going to you know what i mean yeah. it's kind of like you string yourself out and you don't know as much about four different decent bucks as you do if you were all focused on that energy on well, one buck. That, that's like i was talking to a guest james yates uh, he's a mule deer hunter and he was talking about you know grinding out and it takes him you know months before he ends up killing the deer that he's after and and going after it and he goes I, you know, I asked him about motivation for some of these things and he was like, you got to find the deer that gives you enough motivation that the tank doesn't drain very easily. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that like, makes sense. and the way I compared it to is like, if you have a water bladder versus a can of beer, you dump a can of beer, it co- goes out pretty quick. You empty a three liter water bladder. It takes, it takes a, while. a while. That's your motivation dropping throughout, <laughs> throughout the season or a keg or a keg. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's you know just trying to find that that one. What about you? I mean, since since stickers, you haven't really had a buck that you were serious after. That one I picked up last year on a scrape at night. um, He's a he's a good buck. He's not comparable to stickers as far as that that classification, but you know he'd be in the one forties probably, and uh, that's that's a real good buck for me in in the areas I hunt. Um, um, But I've been trying. I just haven't found them yet. Um, I'm hoping, uh, you know, I definitely will hunt that scrape in that time frame again. Uh, but, uh, you know, some of the, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, get, get these photos of these sheds, these shed bucks that I found decent sheds of, or 
my historical data is, you know, the, there was a good buck in there last year. And, and I, like I said, I, I, I think I mentioned, I haven't checked all my cameras yet that I've been having soak. I'm just starting to get to them and rebattery them up. Um, you know, I got to some last weekend and had, you know, some decent bucks on it, but, uh, no, I, I mean, it's going to, I got my spots in my mind. I got them on my, my, my papers and, uh, my log, you know, and, um, it's just, it's all going to come together here probably mid-October. You know, when I, you know, when, you know that mid-October time frame, uh, hopefully I have a, and, it, and it's going to constantly evolve. I mean, I, throughout the season, you know, when, then what camera shows you what, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to get out there and, and, and check my cameras that have been soaking, you know, since, uh, January, February, March, um, or, a year or, or or better some of them uh and see what they they've been picking up if if anything that but uh so yeah I, it's it's too early for me to say yet but i i i do have high hopes uh um and hopefully uh hopefully we get some good good weather as far as cold weather during you know the right time frame to give us some good action yeah well we you you forgot to mention so Johnny it's going to get interesting this year there is there is one deer that's that we call blur line deer that blurs lines between my dad's areas and my areas that we hunt that you know that we may have oh, competition yeah. for so Ooh. That's that's gonna be. I put my money on your dad. I do it. <laughs> or we got. I South know. Dakota, I know but... when he's gonna be in Alaska. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, I'm gonna be in South Dakota with him, so I I could probably you know I could probably we'll, step in. You might be able to step <laughs> in <laughs> a little bit, a little cash. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I have I I know his schedule, so yeah, he's I'm gonna, gonna be, be gone a lot more than me. October 28th and November 5th, John. So I'm gonna yeah. be what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I'll be sending him a photo of that buck. Yeah, oh, for sure, Joe. Yeah, so that's 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 his time to capitalize, you know. Wow. And um, well, you better a, get focused on early season, Bo. What's your strategy? Well, we and then after he's that, getting picking our brain, he's sitting there like a sponge soaking it all yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, honestly, so for that particular deer, I don't really have a very good early season strategy because I I don't know what to do other than is during that time of years is spend time in the woods walking around and trying to find it, you know, risking bumping them. But I don't, I don't have a good plan for him at that time of year, but at the, you know, so my early season plan is really to try to find these areas, see what the Oaks are doing as far as acorns and hit up some of those spots and knowing when he shows up during the rut and kind of coming back to that area and focusing more at that time frame on him than, than otherwise so that's that's kind of my my plan for that that deer but it's it's funny because we were looking at maps the other day and he's like hey i'm gonna put a camera here how close is that i'm like that's a couple hundred yards from mine but you know (laughs) yeah i said i said no all joking aside i was like we're we're gonna need some teamwork for this one and uh and see what he's probably we're figuring four and a half maybe five 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 and a half five this year yeah I might give him another year. Let Bo play with him a little bit. Let Bo play with him and uh, learn some information. Give me some information, you know. Let him get wise to Bo and maybe move yeah, him to your yeah, area. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to. That's probably what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he should. He should hopefully blow up this year. But yeah, no, I, we, we haven't got any photos of him yet. We don't know if he. I don't have my prime camera in the spot where I got him all the time. Not I'm, all the time. I, I might have one there. 
You probably do. <laughs> no. That's the camera. That's the camera, John. That he picked up the shed in front of while I was trial. I was in. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the heck I was at. I don't know where. You but are. I get a picture on my cell cam because I had a cell camera there of him standing smiling in front of my camera with a shed laying right, laying right in front in of the scrape. camera yeah. in the scrape. Yeah. And I thought he was playing with me. I thought he. Yeah. Set me up because. No, I didn't. No. And uh, <laughs> but anyways, I. For me, though, like my early season, I, I keep saying I want to get you know better at hunting early season and doing that. But the last two years, I've been gone the first week and a half of the season, so that doesn't help. But even in like the beginning to middle part of October, I think I'm just going to I'm going to get more aggressive and I'm going to try to get into these spots where I think deer are betting at. And I'm going to play a little bit more of even sitting in the tree middle of the day. Yeah, I think so. Me too. You, you know, like yeah. it, and. And Paul Putera really opened up my eyes on that. He does that a lot um, where, you know, he'll find these spots and just kind of get on the fringes and where there's some brows there and just sit all day. Like he won't even go in, you know, early in the morning because can spook him there, but sneak in, climb a tree and just wait and wait for him to get up and feed yeah. around a little bit, you know, within a hundred yard circle or whatever he's doing. And, you know, like an example would be that spot you and I went last summer and we put up that camera and there's all that brows in there. Like, that's a spot you could probably sit all day and a buck could shift around in yeah. a couple hundred yard circle, browse on some blackberry briars, lay down, get up, move a little bit. Yeah, you're bit, right. And do that. It's just so hard to, to have the motivation to do that. I think it's easier when you move a few times. Yeah. To just sit in one spot, maybe combine well, scouting. Gets, and, yeah, and then it gets you the rust out. You know, get you yeah. up and down the tree. I mean, you yeah, you're hopefully right. you're practicing during the summer, but you're usually doing the same tree. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but uh, and and also, did you bring everything? You know, oh, yeah. the first time out, you go to climb. It's like, oh, where's my Forgot belt? This, yeah. Where's this? Yeah, where's that? And uh, you know, I like to get out mainly to make sure I got my pack packed with everything I I'm going to need for the season. And <laughs> yeah, cause get it, the rust. And then that's when you, that's when you find the points where you need to wrap up with hockey tape because you yeah. start banging metal around yeah. everything, doing yeah. that back and yeah. forth. Yeah. But getting back to uh, what Paul, you know, Patera had said, um, he had, he had one, one thing that I, that I, 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 I keyed off of what he said. It was about the, you know, the, the Spartan forge prediction as far as core, core area days. Yeah. You know, some people just well, I'm not going to hunt now because and and I'm I was I'm probably would be guilty of that because you know that like I said I talk about the scrapes that you know they they don't bed they're not that's not their core area they're traveling and hitting these scrapes that I hunt, um, you know so instead of okay it, it it's core area day I'm not going to hunt that scrape but if I know where he's bedding I'm going to try yeah to that's in there. I look for them but you got to find you got to yeah, find, you gotta find core, his core area. area. Yeah. That's where, you know, like I said, that's one of the strategies that I'm going to, the early season I'm going to change up is try to, you know, I got some beds marked. Uh, I had some bed marks. I got some historical data from cameras on beds that uh, hopefully, um, hopefully that information will help it maybe pull it together where I can get it done early season. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Be, be your camp cook. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. I got the hot tub in now, Joe. I show up, he'd be. Be in a hot tub. Well, I'll be I'll be cooking for our camp, and then uh, you know, your your dinner might be a little late. That's though. all right. Well, and 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 yeah, that that's the the thing is with the early season. The way I look at it now is like, yeah, I, I rarely, if ever, know where a buck is bedded at specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But it's like, why not go and just try it? 
and when you have when you have the time. And I understand that not everybody has the time and be able to do that. But if you have a couple hours, why not go try it? Yeah, why and, not? Yeah, and go and go see what you can do or a weekend or whatever. You know, it's like for me. Obviously, I have more time in in totality than than most people do. But at the same time, I am traveling a lot. So in Pennsylvania alone, I really don't have any more time than. Then other people do to to get out and during that that season that time frame. So for me, it's just going to be like trying to take advantage of that time and just and and especially early on and get aggressive and play around. You know, we we're you know talking about being serious with access earlier, but when you don't know exactly what's going on, sometimes you have to risk it. Yeah, yeah and that's you know it can sound contradicting, but it's 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 a ever evolving learning thing and when you bump them then you'll learn like okay that's probably not the right access for that <laughs> or yeah. like that cut that we were talking about that we scouted last year you could probe a little bit work your way and start on the edge remember we said that get here on this edge go in another hundred you can get up you could see a little ways and and uh just start probing just easing your way and boom mm-hmm. boom boom he ain't here in this 80 100 yards you know if you Look at maybe what a deer might do. You know, a lot of film of these deer bedding. Um, a couple hours, they're going to bed down, get up, walk around. So if you're in that spot for one or two hours on the edge watch, watching the first 100 yards, you don't see a deer get up and move. Okay, let me go in another 100. Get up. Let me mm-hmm. watch this next 100. You know, you can maybe, you know, in a day cover three, 400 yards of cut. You know what I mean? And have a, have a chance at them. Yeah. You know, and just – and then – they're just food feeding that time of year, you know, take advantage of that's definitely, I guarantee there. I just look, asked myself, I said, man, I, how can I take advantage? I just catch them f- feed and be in, a, in the area. You right. Know? Yep. Yeah. And just have fun with it. And yeah, exactly. And enjoy, just, the, enjoy your time, you know, off being in a tree, just like, cause I, and another thing like the older I get, it's like, it goes so fast. Oh yeah. You know, your rut's yeah. here, it's gone. It's like, man, yeah. I should have took advantage of more of my October time, not just the evenings. And I'm starting to learn, like, like when you have time, you know, off of work, you know, just relax, go in, get in the tree with that saddle, sit, move another hundred yards, move another hundred yards, man. You, you can work yourself right, right across the cut, you know. Work yourself right across the country, just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right over to Bose. <laughs> no, no, but that, that's, a, that's such a good point. It's like, it just have fun with it because like we, you know, it's a long season and the only way you learn is by playing, trying different things. And you know what, what my dad says works for him. What you say works for you. What I say works for me. doesn't work for the third, the fourth person. You know, it's just like yeah. taking a little bit and playing with it and trying to, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm, as I'm saying this, as I'm acting like I'm giving advice to somebody else, I'm also giving it to myself as far as just, you know, having fun with it, getting out. And if there's days like for me, especially early on, if there's days I don't want to sit, then I'll just go out and scout. Like just how, ha- and you have the ability, you have, fun with it try to find that sign try to find the spot if you don't feel like you have this the you know the spot you want to be in then go find it mm-hmm. and that's that's the way at least i look at it yeah and, and then uh if it's an area that you you know your home turf i guess so to speak um you know have multiple hunt plans you know you're big on the hunt plans i'm big on the hunt plans i don't go to the extent um as far as the logging i i, I, I print up topo maps and i'll have uh, you know, a topple map printed out that has what wind I can hunt that stand. And, you know, depending on the forecast, 
you know, I shuffle through my papers or I have a list of, uh, I do have a list, I guess, of uh, what wins I can hunt stands. And then I pull that topple map out and, okay, then I'll even lay it out for, for, for mom. I'll, I'll lay it out and, you know, I'll put this is where I'm going to be. Sometimes I don't end up <laughs> get a gut moment and I'm in yeah, mid-travel and I end up somewhere else. Yeah. But, um, but uh, at least, uh, you know, you gotta you got to have a plan. And then Or if you get there and somebody's parked, you know, are they mm-hmm. hunting that scrape? Yeah. Probably not, but. There's human intrusion in there now. Yeah, right. Most yep. of the time, yep. if somebody's parked in the You're gonna uh, go parking somewhere area, else. I'm going to go. Yeah. I, I will go to my Me my too. plan B. Yep. Um, but you know, who knows where they're at? But uh, but yeah, just have multiple plans, and even out of state. I've heard you on your podcast, and uh, you know, with that, you got to have multiple plans uh, from the e scouting, and and uh, just be prepared, and then have yep. fun with it. I mean, the worst thing you can do is go in and you get in and there's all kind of hunter pressure, and and it's like now you're getting in a you know, a bad mood because you're here to hunt and so is everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have these backup plans, you go and find them and, and, and make the best of it and have fun with it. Yeah. 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 I remember, I don't remember what, I actually do remember what year, I think it was 2016 or yeah, I think it was 2016, uh, where I go into the spot, it was going to be the money spot, you know, everything was good there. Can't wait my week off during the rut. I get there and they're fixing this road and they got dump trucks and they're going up yeah. and they, du- they actually dump stone on the side of my truck up in the wheel. Like, a, yeah, I don't get it. Maybe it was another hunter that hunted there too that didn't like that I was there. But nonetheless, it was just like, it threw me completely off. And I was just like, what am I going to do? You know, but I, I did have backup plans, which is again, where that helps of having those plans of, okay, I can go to the other places and I can do that with, you know, talking about having fun and, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I don't mean just like, Oh, just going to lackadaisically get, you know, go through the woods, so to speak. If you still want to be successful, yeah. um, having some sort of a plan to fall back on for me, having fun is reduced stress on, on these things. And me having a plan and backup plans reduces stress during that time frame to be able to move and, and bounce back and forth and, and, yeah, I don't know. I just I see that being something that that's that's super important, and it is. It's tough to to sit down and want to do that because like the fun part of hunting is being in the woods and the scouting, but sitting down and reviewing your notes and kind of organizing that stuff isn't necessarily the most fun part of doing it. But I I, I believe for me it, it helps out to to be able to do that. And I I've said this to Johnny before, you know, half jokingly, but I was like if Johnny wrote down some of his stuff and had had the plan there ain't a deer safe in the country. Hmm. <laughs> and talking about your plants I, plans, I don't know if I write much down, but like I know when I'm traveling, so I live near Pittsburgh, it's two and a half hours. Like I'll drive up here every situation, so I, you know, I'll look, you know, I'll kind of have an idea where I want to go maybe four spots but i replay everything that could possibly happen if someone's there i need to go to this spot or if if you know what i had on this trail camera doesn't play it's like even when i would travel five hours to another state or 10 hours i don't listen to radio nothing i'm playing you know i have a plan in mind mm-hmm. that that's my starting point but it's like if this doesn't happen where am i going next you know or it's just constantly thinking and or or should i check this and be efficient with your time because we talk about like getting into the rut and you go somewhere maybe an out-of-state hunt or something 
you don't have days to waste. No. You know, and there's times, like I said, go in the woods at night and grab cameras and design a plan. Like, I'm going to check this. If this is happening, well, then I'm going to go here. This is plan B. But I do, I feel like it's, but it's all like situational. Where I'm going next, this state, the whole way there, the whole route or the days before, I'm, I'm, I got something laid out in my brain, you know, what what I'm going to do and just plan and, and have backups and, and be ready. And cause there's always like a variable that's going to come in there. That's going to screw up your first plan. Yeah. Uh-oh. You know, some well, best laid plans never, they yeah. never work out. So exactly. just like, okay, what's cause I want to be efficient with my time. It's that time of year. And I'm just like, I'm just, yeah. Plan and plan. And if this don't work here, well, I could go here. What's the acorns go to? If there's a guy hunting here, it's like, I asked myself, 400 questions to, to right. zone in on what my my plan is plan a plan b you know but th- that's really important yeah no i mean i i and and you know i was you know joking when it's kind of saying about the plan thing because like everybody has a different way and how they yeah. function mm-hmm. and you know for you you have a very good as far as being mentally able to remember things and be able to go through it in your mind for me I got to see it. I got. I got to see yeah. it. I got to have it written down because I forget. And and as soon as I see it on paper, it's like okay, I remember this is going on, or or might you know if I have it in the journal on Spartan Forge or whatever it is. Sometimes I just need that mental trigger to do it. Where it sounds like for you, you don't even like you just you have it there, and then you take the time beforehand turning off the radio and everything and kind yeah, of get yep. yourself in that zone. Yeah, in that, that space. I mean, it's our. I've I've drove eighteen, twelve hours and just. Never listen to the radio. Just so focused on what I'm doing when I get there. What's the weather? What's this wind? Mm-hmm. Okay, is this spot good? I'm going to run and check this camera. Figure this out. Just Yeah, just so you can get to work when you get there. But that's that's a lot of fun of hunting in, in itself, mentally uh, stimulating to, to learn. You're always learning, and it's never the same plan. It's always going to change in different variables and different things to make you adapt and and learn new things you're always learning something new so yeah and then uh, i think another important thing is establish your goal yeah what you want to take you know is it going to be better the buck you got last year is it just going to be um i'm only hunting one certain buck that's a monster or is it going to be any legal buck i I think that's a good point that i need whatever gets you excited (laughs) or i do because i i don't feel like i have like i'm going to have to focus on that because i feel like going into pi don't have a goal and then that's when I screw up because it's mm-hmm. like I'll be hunting like a one maybe average bucks twenties thirties, and I'm like, man, I should be hunting the big eight. Then I'll go run over here. But <laughs> I think that that's something really. I'm gonna. That's a good point, Joe. I'm gonna really focus on this year. Is like set a goal. I want to shoot a one thirty and go for it because I will get into the year and be like. Why am I only hunting a one thirty? I got the big eight over here. He's one hundred fifty inch. I need. Then I start. I don't have a set goal, and I think that's where I get messed up is because I'm then I'm all over the place. I don't know where to find I'm hunting, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think yeah, that that's and one a lot thing of it I comes like down to your time available too. You know, some yeah. people may because of other you know other commitments may only have weekends to hunt. You yeah. know, so you know you got to just figure yeah, out set a goal in and, your mind what you're hunting. Uh, you know what your time's going to be, uh, and and. And go off of that, yeah. You know, and 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 nobody, you don't have to shoot a hundred, ten, hundred twenty inch buck every year, or hundred thirty inch buck. Uh, you know, if you like to eat them, 
shoot a legal buck if it makes you, you know. Do you do that every you. year, Joe? What? Set your goal? Like, do, is that something you do early yeah, on when you not, check? No, it, 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 it's constantly developing. But when I'm going in, yeah, and it's it's it evolves through the season, too, depending on what my camera show me. Yeah. Um, but if I, if there is, a, you know, like with, with stickers, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was my goal for five years. And and finally I picked them up hard horn and was able to. Then it was realistic. So yeah, then they, it was realistic. Yeah, it comes to a point, too, yeah. where, like, you can have a goal, but if it's not realistic, where, you, where right. you're like, okay, I got them in velvet. But you couldn't figure him yeah, out. So if you were, if you had no idea where he was at, to say that that was your goal, that's that's a tough. Right. But so your goal, like and, and, start start like say, hey, I want. Say you got one hundred forty five fifty inch. Like, is it like okay? I'm not seeing him, so I'm gonna you know as time goes on through the season, do you yeah drop you switch? Your, your, oh yeah, you 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 punt. You you go to the next goal. <laughs> you know, like with, <laughs> like with stickers. You know, if I didn't pick him up, it's like okay. What's my plan B here? And it was yeah, kind yeah. of your plans. Your, your your goals are the same way, or maybe they are the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just got to adjust to it. Uh, but, you know, especially like when I go to Ohio hunting, um, you know, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get a good buck there. And, uh, you know, but you get there and, you know, you, you might have some cameras you might have set up in the spring in there and you start checking cameras and it's like, oh, you know, I'm not, uh, the biggest I'm getting is maybe at 140. And I say, like, okay, now instead of trying to get a 170, 180 that you know, Ohio's famous for, um, you 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 can't hunt what's not there. Yeah, I mean they sure. could be there, but you gotta you gotta adjust, you adapt. But um, yeah, just and then you know once you, I guess you have different options in your goals. I don't know, or multiple goals as well as a multiple plans. Because I know sometimes I'm sitting in a tree, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna shoot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, well, with, which I, with like, I need to be like, okay, this spot has a couple one twenties. Like, if I'm hunting here, I'm going to shoot here. But there's time to sit in a tree, and I don't even know what I'm shooting. So well, I, 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 one of my, I don't, I don't want to say it's a big, uh, biggest fault, or one of my biggest triggers is a show. If I get a buck that's grunting, coming in, tearing yeah. shit up, you know, coming in to fight me, yeah. He has a good frame. I'm shooting him. Yeah. I mean, I, my I all my plan went out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> I might be hunting a specific Damn buck. It. Yeah. I don't know if it's him or not. But Your goals are gone. <laughs> I, 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 I get triggered by a good show. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, yeah, it, it's always been that way. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it. Yeah, that's uh, it's it makes sense. And it's funny because my goals, my goals are just like so different depending on where I'm at, what I'm doing. Like it's just, and year to year. And, and, and I know there's some people like uh, a mutual friend of ours, Clint Casper. It's like, he always wants to, to hunt the oldest, biggest deer, whatever he's hunting. And that's what, and he sticks to it and he'll get his tag if he doesn't do that. And that's the way he's wired. And that's, that's fine. I, I'm not, I'm not in that way, at least at this point. And that could change in, in 10 years. But like right now I'm like, I want to, I like filling tags, but I also, you know, but I'll have certain goals for it. Like in Pennsylvania the last few years, at first it was, I want to shoot a four and a half year old deer. And then it, you know, and then it kind of bumped up to, I'd really like to shoot 130 inch deer. And so that was like kind of the goal. And just because for me, it's like, okay, I'm not going to continue to step that up as far as like saying, oh, this year it's going to be a 150 or bust because sometimes that's that's really hard to come by yeah. to be able to do that. And it's like not saying, oh, I don't want to challenge myself. If I'm looking realistically, 
that that's going to be pretty dang difficult. Yeah, so yeah. it's mm-hmm. like trying to look at what your situation is from your time, mm-hmm. what the area holds, and then what you're going to be happy with and yep. and dictating that. And I think that's like that's how I set and, goals. And the key is what you're happy with. Yeah. Don't that, that yeah, that's don't for sure. try to impress, you know, you're not you're not trying to make other people happy. It's what makes you happy, what makes you tick that if it makes you happy, take it. Yeah. Now, now, like there's there's other things that can be thrown into it, like in West Virginia where I hunt at. So that's private coal mine property, and we've set a a goal of all of us that are hunting there to shoot really big deer. So that, well, that's that kind point, of a rule. No matter what my goal is, that's, well, no, that's, that's a kind of, rule. Yeah, that it becomes point. a rule. Yeah, yeah. That becomes a rule at that. You point. Play by the rules, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the rule for that area. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a rule. For, yeah, okay, I like that. That's yeah, you play by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that'll maybe that'll force force something to to happen but we'll see i don't know but yeah it's exciting everything's coming quick yeah you know think the season will be here before you know it and you know maybe some places if anybody's listening to this maybe it's opening up maybe it's you know a couple weeks away mm-hmm. things are happening the, the thing i'll leave it with is just yeah i guess plan to plan to work hard expect that it's going to be a long season and hope that it's, you know, you get it, you get it done when you can. Hope for the short season. Yeah. But I was going to say that, but at the same time, I don't always hope for like, no, you learn, you learn, you learn the most on a long season. Exactly. That's what I remember years ago, but I, I, Shan, you were going to go hunting bone more out of like, both. So, but you're, (laughs) I've seen the whole season progress from beginning to end and I hunted hard and I, I loved every, yeah. Even though you don't kill, you love it's, I was always learning that time. Yeah, you were. I was wore out. Did I don't even, did I did I have one killed somewhere else at that point? Maybe that sometimes if you get one, you get one killed, it drops your motivation a little bit. You I know? when I get amped up when I shoot one. Maybe later on, but I shoot one. I want to go kill. It's like a drug. Yeah, but like I mean, like like later, later in, like, you're like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like I I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> you achieved your goal in this state. Yeah. And then, yeah. Why don't I go to another state? But last uh, year, then you brought it up again. You're like, let's go to Ohio. It's January. You and did, like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, I'm not. We had a good time. Yeah, we did. We had. A, yeah, if the weather right. cooperated, if we had a little more damp, rainy weather, we I think we could have probably killed one. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we'll wrap this one up here, and uh, I think it's. Was a, a pretty good episode there, so thank you guys for coming on again. And John, if anybody wants to check out Johnny's stuff, um, at the Johnny Stewart um, does does a little bit of consulting too. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to have him help out with looking at maps or talking through things or just needs you know like a father figure in their yeah, life, I'm here. I'm th- then I'm here Johnny's you, your man. guy. I'm your guy. You're gonna the guy. You got a psychiatrist degree or anything? I do have. I don't want to talk about that, right? I I'll may, get too may, many people I messaging me. Employment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Really appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.